0: Kulke, a podcast for all generations. Kulke is a Punjabi word that means open or to speak or be openly. And here at Kulke, we like you to listen Kulke, speak Kulke and think Kulke. I'm Nimrit. I'm Simran. It's this episode is uh, season two. We renewed ourselves as you guys have realized and <laughs> episode two. And the title is Reclaiming Your Heart. And today we have a very special guest on the on the podcast with us, Kimberly Clark, who I met a long time ago doing doing yoga, and uh, most recently, two years ago, Kimberly led a yoga workshop called Reclaiming Your Heart with Kundalini Yoga, and I remember sitting there and just being mesmerized by how simple the points she was saying on recovering or reclaiming your heart, and how I could apply them to my life right away, and uh, I'm just really so excited to have her on the call. So welcome, Kimberly. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. I want to actually turn it over to you right away, Kimberly. So what had you create this workshop and these points that we're going to talk about today?
1: Um, because over time, <laughs> with each of my heart, right, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> some would go fast and some would go slow, but regardless of the time, uh, um, I noticed how there was things that I was doing that was helping me to move forward and things that I was doing that was just like really holding me back and helping me stay stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I think we can all relate to that. I think we can. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I mean, I've only really had one big heartbreak in my life, but I, I, I can so relate to you because, uh, that's exactly what I was doing with that, uh, in my life. And so uh, let's just dive right into what are the things that you discovered? That help you reclaim your heart.
1: First, acknowledging that it (laughs) hurts and that you're in pain, and that that is totally normal. And also, as as helpful as people want to be, sometimes their help is not helpful. Mm. (laughs) Um, And for many heartbreaks. more about just normalizing life now instead of overcoming something or you know the days will be sunny again tomorrow it's not always that way sometimes it is just normalized creating your new normal
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i love what you say about creating a new normal so for me what that happened what that brings up for me is how the person I was after this, I've learned things about myself or about my world or how I see the world. And so now I can never go back to that other person who I think was more innocent or more naive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it doesn't mean I have to go to the other extreme and become bitter and devastated, but it's like, so who is the new me? And what do yeah. I believe about the world?
2: Totally. Wow. Yeah, because I think you're, like, one person, and then you're with somebody, and then you become a different person, and then suddenly they're not there anymore, if we're talking about, like, relationship heartbreak, and then you're not the person you were before the relationship, but you don't really want to, you're not really the person who you were in the relationship because you don't have the relationship, and as much as you try not to make your whole life about a relationship, that's a huge chunk of your life, which is, like, Mm -hmm. not there, so you're right, it's, like, how do you... That's why I never thought about looking about looking at it that way, like normalizing what the new version of yourself is.
0: That's mm-hmm. really interesting. How about what's coming up for you? I think just the part about
3: um, finding your new normal. I think so much, mon- so many of us, and I know for myself, I've always just. Uh, you know following the heartbreak wish that i could go back to who i was like mm-hmm. i just want my life to be normal again yeah but that's so hard because you're a completely different person now with a completely different experience in your life than mm-hmm. you were before you met that person so it's really hard and i feel like it's wrong for us to assume that we're going to go back to the way things used to be and so yeah. many of us are so caught up in that, is trying to get back to that place when you can't go backwards you can only go forward
2: yeah Yeah, and, like, sometimes as much as you can, like, you've you've changed because of that relationship and because of whatever, but also, like, being grateful for the way that it changed you, like, I'm happy that it happened, but also sad that it happened, like, navigating that balance is so hard for me, like, my moods can go up and down 45 times in a second just because of that alone. (laughs)
0: Um, So when we went through this workshop, there were four themes that Kimberly introduced us to, to help us reclaim our hearts. And so Kimberly, can you lead us through, like, let's talk about the first one. You called it security, priority, and beauty. What does that mean?
1: So um, for women, these are our our primary uh, needs. Mm -hmm. So we need to feel secure that we're a priority and that we're beautiful. And when we're in a relationship, these things typically come from our partner. Not solely, because Mm -hmm. we always have to fill ourselves. But often, the majority comes from our partner. So um, if we're out and about with our partner, and our partner is looking at, say, another woman, that is going to... um, Ignite our needs. That flies in the face of us being beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, relationship security and not being a priority. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anytime you run into trouble or run into an upset, it's usually one or more of those things are coming up for you.
0: Mm. What's coming up for you, Sim? As you hear that. Yeah, that. Yep. It's <laughs> like like. What, didn't I tell you they're really simple, but they're so amazing. Yeah. I was like, ah.
2: Yeah, I think that's so true. Um, I think that for me the biggest ones are the security and the priority. And I think, yep. <laughs> Honey, you can't just. Say I y- y- you don't gonna- even know you gotta- where to go with that because that's exactly what you what you said. Like, makes perfect sense to me because, I feel like that's. Yeah, I think. Okay, so I think if. The way i can relate it to myself is if i think about like my love language which is mostly most of the time like action and when people do things and really for relationships it's, it's like if you if you're gonna say say it then do it don't otherwise don't say it kind of thing so that really goes to the priority thing and then i think if i'm not getting that then i feel like the security's threatened and then the last one after all that is like, oh, okay. Well, then I must not be pretty enough, or something. Like, oh, there's something wrong. I kind of there's something wrong with me if I'm not getting those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Harpo?
3: Priority really stood out to me because mm-hmm. I feel like um, women in general were such nurturers. We've always been put into such nurturing roles that we tend to <laughs> often make our partners our priorities and I feel like my biggest struggle has been that I was never a big priority in the life of
2: Mm.
3: x person and it was very frustrating to me because I didn't kind of understand like well I'm making you such a big priority in my life why am I not a priority in yours yeah and like you know it just to me it's like it always seems like when you're with somebody it's just a given that you are one of the biggest priorities in Mm -hmm. their lives. But that's obviously not the case and
2: why I'm single. Not everybody thinks
3: that way, you know? Oh, it's really really heartbreaking, though. It is. To not be a priority in that person's life.
2: It is. And I think sometimes what baffles me is that, like, I understand that in order to, like, when I, because I I do the same thing, like, I make other people a priority, but I'm, so I'm saying, like, okay, I'm doing this, and this is how I'm showing you that you're a priority. And I thought, again, same as you, that the mutual understanding was that you do that for each other because you're in a relationship. But then sometimes how like I'm I really question how does that get lost in translation like what part are you not hearing about committed relationship and you know they say the words of like yes this is what I want this is blah 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 and then you set goals together you do all those things but then like the everyday prioritizing or actions like just don't happen that's the part where I just like I'm like whoa are, are there assumptions that I need to clear
0: are there like more like where yeah. Are you on the same page? Are you on the same page? Yeah, totally. So what I want to say about this is because, you know, I've kind of, uh, I've gotten over my heartbreak. And so the way I'm applying this right now is how do I make myself the priority in my life? You know, Mm. what does beauty mean to Mm. me when I'm not in a relationship? Because I'm not in a relationship right now. And what does security mean? So the way I would apply this to me is because I have such a complex life and so many moving parts in my life, I don't make myself the priority. I don't think about beauty or you know what makes me happy. And I don't think about how secure I feel because I'm the one looking after everyone else, I feel. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I want to apply this to my life right now is, is, is how do I do this for myself right now?
2: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's also what I do even though i am in a heartbreak do you know what i mean like because because i i put so much into the relationship i forget about me in this at the same time and then now that i'm out of it i'm like okay how exactly the same way that you're saying like how do i make myself a priority how do i make myself feel secure and that's what i think where i'm struggling right now is like really up and down
0: so so kimberly what would you have for those of us who are struggling with these things
1: Firstly, that it's not about you um, when you feel like
0: your partner hasn't used
2: your priority. Hmm. I actually really like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? Can it be that simple? <laughs>
3: there.
1: Um, well, okay, I'm just going to say it.
2: <laughs> yeah, say it. <laughs>
1: So there are a variety of reasons why um, most of my work is with male-female relationships, and so I have been studying men quite extensively. Mm And um, men, um, so as men grow, they um, they get to a certain point where they either go in one direction or another. So their first thing is to, like, find their career. Mm-hmm. And then, so there's the type of man that either, they find their career first and they build their empire, and then they invite their partner
2: mm.
1: into what they feel. The second type of man looks for a partner first, like, after he says, like, I'm going to be an architect. Okay, so mm-hmm. then he goes out and finds his partner, and then they build the empire together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the, the men who are in the camp of focusing on work, they're the workaholics and the, the ones that don't have a lot of time and space. Mm-hmm. They do still like to be in a relationship, and they are very nourished by being in a relationship. But it's not their priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, like when it comes to basic things, like you've asked him three times to pick something up and he doesn't remember.
2: Oh my gosh. Men,
1: men are single focus, And so, um, Yeah, when he says he forgot, he really just
3: forgot. (laughs) (laughs) I thought
0: there was gonna be a deeper psychology. Yeah, you guys, you guys can't see, but Sima just keeps raising her hand. (laughs) She's
2: so funny. As you speaking. I'm really interested because I feel like sometimes I've encountered the kind that is, um, you know, uh, career focused, but like wants to be the other kind, but doesn't know how to be. So then just does all the forgetting and then it's yeah. suddenly like whose fault is it that it didn't work out i think right. that's the kind that i've encountered right oh.
3: yeah. um i think it's so interesting that we're talking about this today because i actually actually posted something on my instagram this morning um, and i'm going to read it out to you here and it was it was a, it was a tweet and a woman tweeted, "Ladies, you need to keep your eyes on the prize. And it's not men or relationships. It's building yourself up. It's making yourself happy daily. It's contributing your gifts to this world. It's financial freedom. It's creating goals, achieving them, and making them bigger. So I always wonder, why is it that men are allowed to put their career first? They're allowed to want a career and a job first, and then the relationships come secondary." Whereas for women, it's sometimes so inherent or I wouldn't say it's inherent. I feel like it's been socialized. So why is it that we can't have that? Why can't we want to put ourselves in our relation, uh, our, our careers and our, our own happiness first and then a relationship secondary? And why do we feel like our relationship should be first and everything else will fall into place? Because I constantly find myself um, thinking that I will eventually be happy when I settle down and find a partner.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I totally feel the same way. And then sometimes I'm like, I want to be career focused. But then like most recently for me, like there was something that I had to something I had to give up in order to make the relationship progress further was to take a break in my career and like move. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I did that, but it still didn't work out. And I feel like I had to do so much sacrificing that it took me a while to be okay to do that. Like, I really had to think about it, like, is this what I want to do? Can I justify it in a certain way? But, like, yeah, I, and I, my my feeling of being okay with doing that was that there was going to be the security and the priority and the beauty that you talk about that the other person was going to, you know, be a partner. But then it just didn't work mm-hmm. out, and then suddenly I was, like, left with, okay, I dropped my career or I dropped this and I moved like and now I've lost the security and the priority in the relationship like what what's left now and like that's the bubble that I've been like floating in trying to figure Mm -hmm. out like how to come out of that and Harper what you said is like like so resonates with me it's like eventually I'll be happy when I find the partner but it's just so yeah I don't know why can't I like be okay with and be happy and like focus on making myself happy
3: yeah um and I'm curious, Kimberly, can you speak to why why there's that difference between women and men maybe? Women have what's called diffuse focus.
1: So when you think about your hair diffuser, it's designed to disperse the air everywhere. And so our focus is everywhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so when when we're um, at work or say on task, our on task looks like you know like beans, like hopping from one flower to another flower, and it kind of looks, you know. Yeah. Um, mm. Like we're wandering around, getting nothing done, but actually there's a lot getting done.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. I <laughs>
0: i'm just loving this because everything gets done the milk gets picked up from safeway the dinner gets made the laundry gets everything gets done and work gets done yeah that's how i live my life wow exactly the important thing is always when we're making decisions
1: is is to have peace with our choice Hmm. and so on the what you could I don't want to go so far as to say is like, you know, if you um, enter turn a relationship, then you'll be happy. It's it's not like that
3: because mm-hmm. the truth
1: is that there will be a whole other set of
3: challenges for you yeah. <laughs> to oh. you don't
1: have to deal with now.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the challenges will just change. Mm -hmm. um and it's it's not like either or it's always with women it's always both and all so happier but not like not happy now yeah Yeah. and more challenged in some ways and less challenged in other ways so more happy in some ways less happy in other
2: ways that's Mm -hmm. so interesting I feel like I used to I totally forgot about this until you just said this right now. Like I before this relationship, I was like happy being single and I was like like exactly what you said, like more happy because I could do whatever I wanted and I could, you know, my time was my time. I didn't have to think about other people's problems so much and like less happy because I was like sometimes maybe a little bit lonely on a Friday night. But overall yeah. I was fine. And then I got into yeah. this last relationship and I feel like I was like overloaded with so much of this other kind of happiness and but then again all the challenges just like you said and it was a different set of problems but I was willing to like do that because of how much of this overload of happiness was and then the relationship's gone and now I've forgotten that there was a way to be happy before like completely blocked it out of my mind until you just said that just now wow <laughs>
0: Um, so I'm actually speaking about this from a different angle. So I'm very happy right now. I have, you know, very happy with my career. So I've done that focus on my career, focus on my children, focus on my house. I have so many things to focus on. I've constantly got ideas, creation, you know, things that I want to do. But then a part of me wants a relationship, but I want everything else as well. So are you telling me? Like, you know, you said, be happy with your choice or be at peace with your choice, Kimberly. I love that. So what you're saying is that I'm happy now. And if I go for the relationship, I will be happy, but in different ways. And there'll be different challenges. And am I willing to face those challenges?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Because
2: it's a lot to add onto your
0: plate. Well, I think that's the reason why I haven't started dating again. Everybody's convincing me that you need to just start dating again. And I just haven't. (laughs) Because I think I'm actually really very happy the way I am. Which is also fine. Which is fine, cause I do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Ah, mind blown. Hapo, how about you?
3: Um, I'm very, very reflective right now, but all my heartbreaks and how I wasn't prioritizing any of them. <laughs> 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 <It's> really bad. <laughs> I'm just curious, Kimberly, really, when um people come to you and they ask you to help recover or um yeah recover their heart. What does that process look like? What are you trying to get them to do? Um, How can can we even begin to fathom that we we should be able to, like, how do we even do that? How do we even recover our heart? Step into your body. Mm -hmm.
1: And remember, when you step into the pain, it's not going to be forever. We have this huge myth that if we go into that dark place, that will never come out you know oh like if we mm-hmm. start crying that will never stop yeah if you if you honestly step into the pain you'll cry for about 2 3 minutes max and then it'll be mm-hmm. done and then you'll be on your way and you'll be happy until the next wave and mm-hmm. just let it wash over you
3: mm-hmm.
1: mm. um, yeah so that's pain processing, and also, um, in terms of reclaiming your heart, part of reclaiming your heart is, is, you know, also includes, like, for me, a big piece was um, reclaiming the environment. Mm. So, one environment would be your home if you lived together, or if you spent a lot of time in your home together, or even Mm -hmm. if you didn't. You just um, you have a need to reclaim your home and your space and have it reflect who you are now. And also, mm-hmm. there may be places in the city, like cafes or restaurants, or things that you did together, yeah. that you now sometimes are required. Let's say if if your partner always took you to work, then there'll be a new rewiring of you now going to work on your own.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm
1: for example, or if you played tennis together at the tennis club and, you know, it's going to take something for you to <laughs> pull up your, your gumption and go to the tennis.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's really wise. Cause I remember, I didn't even know I was doing this, but after my divorce, there were a few places. Well, many places in, in Vancouver that we had gone as a family. Yeah. And I remember it took me two years to go back to Kits Beach with the kids. Really? Because we used to go there so often and you guys used to play. And that brought back such sad memories. And the way I reclaimed is my friends came over from England. And I specifically asked them to go to Kits Beach with me so that I had new happy memories to replace. Wow. other, You know, to have with mm-hmm. the other happy memories. And suddenly I could go to Kids Beach again. That is so weird. i never thought about that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all I can say is, totally. yeah, because I'm just, yeah, I'm totally taking it all in. That's so crazy. It's true. Reclaim- I, I, and I think I I'm in it. the reclaiming the space portion right now.
0: What are you reclaiming?
2: Even, like, like just my stuff. Like, going through my stuff, getting rid of things I don't need, and things that I held on to, like, for way beyond the rela- before the relationship, but just, like, really trying to cleanse my environment and hoping that that helps cleanse my mind as well but that's so I I love hearing about these like steps and like the process of everything from other people because in my head as I'm going through this stuff I'm still worthless and I'm still not doing it right and I'm not getting over it and I'm still upset and all these things but then when I hear it from you Kimberly it's really like reaffirming and reassuring me that like it's okay that it takes time and it's okay that it happens up and down in a wave as well so that's really nice and to hear
3: the other thing i wanted to i was wondering was also um when we talked in the beginning about why chamber you started this and it was like you were saying that um like you like every heartbreak was like hurting something like that and i think there's like this like understanding that i had when i first got my heart broken that okay this is going to be the only time that this is going to happen yeah. to me. i'm never going to get my heart broken again and it only happens to you once but it doesn't. that's like not the truth It happens often and it happens again and again. and, and I wouldn't say that every time it gets easier. I think it it just becomes shorter but it, I don't think it becomes easier. Um, can you speak to that? I mean why why are why do we constantly feel heartbreak if we've experienced this so many times again and again? Um, so firstly, yeah, easier.
1: I don't believe exists, nor do I believe shorter exists. So mm-hmm. over time, we just get get better at um, not avoiding it
3: mm-hmm. and
1: actually like stepping in and healing. Hmm. And so um, it it was really interesting with my last relationship because we chose the end date. And everyone I talked to um thought that I was crazy and why are you doing it? Like why would you set yourself up for pain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so without and my my commitment during that whole relationship was we are going to make this worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be in pain. I'm gonna be in joy the whole way yeah Mm. so it's like you have a choice you know what death looks like Um, like nothing happening straight line life is when it's going up and down and up and down and up and down and really the commitment is just make it worth it Mm -hmm.
0: yeah wow i love that so so what that's um, so what happened to me when you said that Kimberly is is maybe the reason I am not dating again is because I don't want another heartbreak because it was really quite painful. Yeah. I don't know, but when you say this thing about full of joy and up and down, I have so much joy in my life, and I think I do want to find joy with another person. I do, and so then it is worth it—the up and down instead of the flat line, which is yeah. death, really. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everything has everything has a cost, and you know, a life where you're avoiding pain isn't that great.
0: Yeah it it's Mm. it's not a fulfilled life,
1: and but it does take. When you're you're avoiding you're avoiding everything. Yeah. There's no you know picking and choosing emotions. Mm Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They're either
1: in avoidance or you're not. So then you're also you know shutting out all the good things. Yeah. So, it's an opportunity for learning.
0: Yeah. So for me, it feels though, but there has to be some sort of courage to step back into the arena, step back into the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what ha- what are, what are the steps to get back there? To
1: get back in the game. Yeah. So be clear about what you want, and have it that being factual. So mm-hmm. when you're meeting people it's like um, they line up or they don't line up yeah and secondly uh despite what women think i men actually tell us
2: <laughs> exactly where they're at no.
1: the trouble is we
2: don't believe them oh my god <laughs> <laughs> they do they you tell know, you that. the first meeting my mom's been saying to this to me for like two years she's like whatever they say believe it because that's the truth whatever he first yeah. tells you yeah the first thing he tells you and i like she told me this i think not right when i started that relationship last relationship but like a little bit after but i was still in that whole denial phase of like no 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 no, 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 no. He's no. going to change. Yeah, but I don't think it wasn't even like he's going to change. I think he said what he was willing to do. And I kind of had to be like, hmm, am I okay with this? Cried about it a little bit. We talked about it. And then his thing started to morph, right? Started to change what he said. But I didn't pick up on maybe that's not true anymore. Maybe he's just trying to say what I want him to say, right? And yeah. then that yeah. pattern carried through the whole relationship. And right. then when I came out the other end, I was like, oh. Yeah, believe what they say in the beginning, because that's just the way it is. And it's okay if it doesn't work out. You know, I think the thing that I was worried about in the very beginning was, like, us not lining up on what we wanted. But I don't know why I was, like, so hung up on it has to work. I'm like, I just met the guy. Like, it's not a big deal if it doesn't. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Maybe I could have saved myself three years of angst. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. either way, like you said, it's a lesson learned. And definitely going back into it whenever the hell that happens, it'll be very much factually based. And just accepting that that's... And, and valuing your own, like, priorities and, and, and what you want, right? Enough to be like, actually, it's worth it for me to say no to this because it's not meaning up to what I want. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I fall short sometimes.
1: Yeah. Men know exactly what they are willing to provide. And so... You know, relationships are really a co-creation. And so no matter what has happened in the past or um, how your relationships have gone, who you are now, and the person who is in front of you, that is a brand new system, brand new dynamic, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: brand new list of negotiations.
0: I actually like the fact that it's brand new, because then what it does for me is it doesn't have the sins or the you know the things the other person did wrong carry forward into the next relationship. Yeah, I really actually like that, because there is a way you can carry baggage into new relationships, which I don't think is very healthy at all. Mm-hmm. So Harpo, what do you have to add to this this latest thing that Kimberly shared with us? I'm still thinking. I've been very quiet. I've been quieter than I, usual. I know. I, I know you have. Just... We're trying to. So you're thinking very intensely over there. Just speak some of the yeah, things you're thinking, I'm, girl. I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking a lot. I'm
3: thinking a lot. I don't. I don't have much to say during the podcast episode. That's okay. I have a lot to think about this time
0: around. All right. So so Kimberly, what else? Uh, uh, what other themes can you share with us that help a woman reclaim her heart? So when one
1: of the shared. things when that happens um, when pain arrives is that our heart closes and our connection to our highest self closes. Mm -hmm. So it's really important just to be mindful when you're in the early stages or in one of the pain waves is that you don't have access to your highest self. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of navigating your life a little bit blind, a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit blind. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And without your sensory system and your navigation system. So um, when you have time and space, like total permission to say, I'm not dealing with that right now. Like give yourself that permission to say, I'm not dealing with that right now. And then when you do have the time and space, sit with yourself, get in your body, and let, you know,
3: talk to that part
1: that's Mm -hmm. in pain, or that is shut down, or that is angry, or that is, you know, wanting to um, search social media for any new information. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I really like that you said talk to that part because I feel like what I do is let that part take over my whole brain and then it just becomes really destructive really quickly. But I like that you Mm -hmm. said that, like, slow it down and talk to it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Get curious about it. I like to do that too. Like, I I like to sit with my emotions for at least three days, two or three days is what it takes for me to kind of, like, turn it around. But I know that if I don't ever – allow myself to fully feel the emotion that I'm feeling, whether it's heartbreak or sadness or um, anger or resentment, it'll start to come up when I'm, when I'm stressed out about something else in my life or yeah. if I'm bothered about something else, I'll always find myself bumping into that emotion again. So what I try to do to the best of my ability is to sit with that emotion for a while um, because I don't want to to run into it again when it's inconvenient for me. You know?
0: Mm -hmm. The way that I can relate to that is I remember that I had two young kids when I was going through my heartbreak and I still had to go to work and I still had to function and take them to their games and make dinner and do all those things. But I really clearly remember every single night there was a time I set aside to I, I did it by listening to Louise Hay visualizations and Doreen Virtue visualizations or meditations. And I used to put on the CDs and I used to just allow myself to weep or to be angry or to access my inner child. And I really faithfully did that nearly every day. And I think that was the only way I got through it because otherwise I would have shut down completely.
2: yeah
0: And what that did was... That that's how I started accessing my intuition again because I was at a point where was like I can't trust a man again and I was yeah. like going through that cycle and I think that's what helped me break free from that cycle not like painting mm-hmm. them all with the same brush mm-hmm. but really opening again to people are just different they have different values they make decisions based on their values mm-hmm. or their thoughts mm-hmm. and so you can't paint an entire you know section of the population uh, to be the same.
3: Mm-hmm. Also, in theory, theory, I feel like for me personally, in theory, I know all these things. I know that, you know, I should spend time with myself. I should work on myself. I should put myself first. Um, And this was was just in general to what we've been talking about in the episode. I, I know that in theory, but it's so hard to practice it. It's so hard. Like, it's so easy for me to give advice to my friends when they're dealing with heartbreak or they're dealing with, like, a really trash guy who's made them feel horrible. I'm like, well, you know what, you should work on yourself, like get yourself into gear you know, do this X, Y, and Z. But when it comes to me, it's that that much harder. It's so hard for me to turn that part of my brain off Mm -hmm. um, and to really be like, you know what, no, I'm doing me right now. And I I do that all the time. I feel like I get so boy-crazy and boy-obsessed, even though I I won't ever show it to people, but I do. And it's like always on my mind.
2: Mm -hmm. Again,
3: in theory, I know I shouldn't be doing that, but in practice, it's hard.
2: I think we put a lot of different kinds of pressure on ourselves. Like, I feel like, like when you were talking about, like, talking to your friends and stuff, I think that I do this as well, where you're like, just, you know, do whatever you gotta do, like, work on yourself, but it's hard, like, to go there, and it's hard to do that work, and then I, like, for me, what I feel is I feel like I'm putting my pressure on myself to, like, get over it at a certain amount of time. Like, that's what also that extra layer of guilt is in my head, like, oh, it's been a month, or it's been two months, or it's been three months, like, what are you doing? Like, get over it kind of thing. But, like, mm-hmm. if I'm not at the level where I'm able to, that's okay. Like, I can, what I'm trying to start doing is, like, acknowledging even the small progress that I've made from, like, one week to the next, or one day to the next. And even though I might have had a bad day in that week, like, it's a better week overall than the week before. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I don't know.
0: And Kimberly, I think this is one of the points that you had written down. You said how to get from comparing to compassion and the pressure to perform and the pressure to move on.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about right now. Um, definitely easier said than done, but really it is about uh, giving up the comparisons and the shoulds and the, um, yeah,
0: comparisons and shoulds. Mm -hmm. that's like the inner critic and so I think for me my version was I actually needed other people's support to stop me doing that so I and I know that my sisters really helped because they used to whenever I used to get like this in comparison they used to remind me they reminded me of how hard I worked at it and how much I tried to do to save the relationship. Right, mm-hmm. and so they reminded me of the you know the lens that I went to to save it, and then I was like, oh yeah, oh, so yes, thank you very much. But I used to forget that, and then yeah. they'd have to just remind me again. Yeah. And sometimes they had to remind me like two, three times a week. Yeah, and then it got to a point where they didn't have to remind me anymore because I would realized that for I had gotten over some hump, and I'd realized mm-hmm. that for myself. And I actually took a, a long time to actually um, heal. And I did not, one of the things I'm so grateful to myself was I didn't put any pressure on myself that I had to be done a certain time. It took me three years. Huh? That sounds like such a long time. But actually, I remember it took me three years. Yeah. My first
3: heartbreak took me five years and I feel like I just got over it. But That was the longest heartbreak. And the hardest heartbreak, even among those five years, I had like folded in other heartbreaks in between. <laughs> it was gosh. Oh. oh my God. I had like one large heartbreak over five years and I had like three or four in between. <laughs> so it was so hard. It was a horrible time. Heartbreak
2: layers. Oh yeah, I'm an onion of heartbreak.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so I really loved what we talked about today. And um, I want to just actually go around the room and just hear from each person as our way of, of concluding this uh, podcast is so what are you learning and what are you going to do differently as a result to reclaim your heart
2: I think for me more acknowledging like I say that I do it but like sometimes it just comes to me mostly actually when we're recording episodes <laughs> is when I realize that I'm actually doing better than I was the last time we recorded an episode or something like that like I have like that's my way of marking things but I think that to me says that i need to spend more time reflecting because i am either overloaded by emotions or trying to be numb to emotions cuz i don't want to deal but like you said can really the only way to like kind of move past them is to like let them happen and just step into them so i think that's like the next thing that i'm going to try and do and if it means that i cry for more than like a whole day like that's fine you know it's one day of tears and then the next day i'll be dehydrated and there won't be any tears left so it's fine <laughs> Like it does mm-hmm. have to end at some point and I think that's the thing that I'm gonna hold on to.
3: Um, for me, oh my gosh. Uh I just feel like I, I know this and again, I I know this in theory, but that every heartbreak is it's gonna unlock you into making a stronger, better person and the better version of yourself. Uh, and like I'm really sad that it's, it's like it will end. The darkness will end. It's not like you're gonna be stuck in it forever. I mean, again, that's like super hard to hold on to when you're in the moment mm-hmm. because it feels like your entire world is falling apart. But if our past heartbreaks have taught us anything, it's that, you know what, time does feel a and and You do move on. Um, I think I'm going to hold on to the, seeing the silver lining, but also allowing myself space to go through each emotion. So if I'm feeling hurt, I'm about to feel hurt. If I'm feeling anger, I can feel anger and resentment and confusion and um not racing to that. Okay, so that was the whole lesson and that was great. And I'm so happy that happens. <laughs> Sometimes you're not there right away. Sometimes you
0: are like, Oh, I freaking hate him. Yeah. Um, it's okay if I wanna be in the oh I freaking hate him. You know, it's want okay to be enough. The- yeah. Cool. Uh, Kimberly, how about you? um
1: Just remembering what a gift, you know, this period of time is, and that no matter how old you are or where you come from, it's universal. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, just being present to the gift and the opportunity that this this period brings.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, so I want to say what I learned from the session today is like I really have healed and reclaimed my heart. So I'm going to sit with, is auntie going to start dating again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Simon's face as I say that. and She's like... No, I'm cool oh, that yeah. you that. You live your oh, life, girl. You say that every
3: time. I, I know,
0: it. I know. So, so maybe this is the time, Kimberly, with um, the wisdom that you've shared. I loved what you've said. It's like so simple, you know, for a woman just... Make yourself a priority. Uh, Think about what has you feel beautiful. I know I buy flowers for myself all the time. And then the security, you know, I'm working hard on that all the time. So I think I'm ready to start dating again.
3: Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you so much. much.